0: Well, welcome everybody to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. I am Pastor Lucas Hillman, and I get to serve as the lead pastor at Grace Christian Fellowship in Largo, Florida. This is a weekly podcast discussing theology, scripture, and ideas in the local church to help you flourish in Christ. Thanks for joining us. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Those are the words from Jesus in John chapter 16 verse 33. It seems to be the promise of life here on this world that is not yet fully redeemed, Jesus promises tribulation, trouble, hardship. And the promise also is, though we will face these things, indeed, the promise is that Jesus' peace is available and with us. Indeed, he goes further to say that he's overcome the world, meaning he's gone before us. And that is essentially, I believe, what Paul and the gospel writers indicate that Jesus is the faithful one who went before us and accomplished all that is necessary for salvation and for redemption. And as we dive back into 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and wrap up the chapter, it's important to keep that in mind, that Jesus promises hardship, but yet also promises peace. He promises what he'll say is tribulation, but he also promises redemption, rather an overcoming of this world based on him. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 up until this point, chapters 8 and 9, have really been dealing with some cultural issues. some things that are facing the church in Corinth um, that are uh, questionable, if you will. They require uh, a good amount of godly wisdom and godly discernment. And but it also requires of us some what we'll say is cultural agility, the ability to say what is good and what is bad um, in a culture? What do I have the right to do? What do I have the Christian freedom to partake in? And what ought I reject? Paul is saying in First Corinthians eight and nine that we ought to measure all things according to God's good gospel. But we also are afforded some freedoms to, for the sake of the gospel, he'll say in verse uh, 23 of chapter 9. For the sake of the gospel, we will either partake in things or we will resign our freedoms. Although we may be free, we lay them down for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of people. And that is one of the things that we ought to always consider when making decisions, especially decisions as a Christian that. May seem morally gray. what What does this communicate to my neighbor? The second or one of the great or the greatest commandment that is equal to the first, Jesus will say, is loving your neighbor as yourself. So Paul will bring that commandment into our decision making when it comes to even cultural decisions. Don't allow our personal preferences to steamroll. Uh, the tender conscience of a brother or sister. Likewise, do not let a tender conscience of a brother or sister uh, become um, a a tyrant to us. May we balance gospel freedom and gospel love. But back to 1 Corinthians 9 and Paul's distinction of what we are entering into. Jesus' words in John 16 says, "...tribulation, hardship, but take heart, take peace." Paul says, we are in a race. Don't you know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? This seems to be a a, a very common metaphor for Paul, that the Christian life is one of a race. Uh, and again, you can think of a race as strenuous. It is one of going towards with an amount of purpose and an amount of strain. I mean, uh, if you can think of any athletic uh, endeavor you may have engaged in um, it, or or just any competition. Uh, it takes an amount of focus and it takes an amount of exertion. Paul's idea of the Christian life is one of we are not coasting. Uh, we ought not be. We rest in Christ's grace. We rest in Christ's finished work. But the fact remains, we still have tribulation. The fact remains, there still is temptation. And we ought to, in our real, or rather our kind of relaxing in grace, we are also called to strive, to strive towards loving our neighbors as ourself. And that is ultimately what I believe Paul is getting towards here in 1 Corinthians 9 as he wraps up the chapter. We have immense freedom, immense grace, immeasurable love in Christ. But we are still running as if to win this prize for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the people around us people are looking for a a way for redemption and many people find it in so many different things they find it in their jobs they find it even in their families they find it in their money they find it in anything in all creation and paul says in 1 corinthians 9 in our verses of uh ch- rather chapter 25 or chapter 9 verse 25 that some will strive and run and exert themselves for something perishable, but we strive for something imperishable. We are running towards redemption, and God is pulling us towards himself. But again, this requires, and I think Paul again and again says, like, do not just kick it into neutral and coast. We have the joy of the Lord with us. We have the security of Christ. We have, again, remember Jesus' words in John 16, take heart. I've overcome the world. It's done. It's over with. Redemption is sealed and awaiting. But we on this side of glory are called to strive and run with exertion for that imperishable prize which has been purchased for us by Jesus. And Paul in Galatians and Timothy will simply say, run the race fight the fight. You are not just uh, a, a ship tossed to and fro by your passions and appetites. You are a human being that God has gifted the faculty of faith to, and you can actually make meaningful choices in your life. You can actually, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of our neighbors, make things, uh, rather make choices to, uh, in your own life that affect people in a positive way. And Paul is saying, run in such a way that you try to love God and love neighbor. And that will result in the, in, again, as we do that, as we are always being pulled to imper, into the imperishable prize of the resurrection, of seeing Christ face to face. In verse 26 of chapter 9, Paul simply says, I, So I don't run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. And again, it's important to always remind ourselves, where are we going as a Christian? Where do you think you're going? What is the goal? Don't run aimlessly. Don't close your eyes and just think as far as what Christian maturity is going to be is just going to happen. God has given us His Word. He has given us prayer, connection to Him. He has given us the body of Christ to take part in. He has put us in a certain place, in a home, in a family, in a context, in a culture, in a city, in a state, in a nation, uh, for the reason of... Bringing him honor and glory. Think about where you're at. Think about what gifts you have. Think about what passions you have. Think about what resources you have. And how do we bend these towards the gospel for the sake of Christ? And again, don't run aimlessly. Don't run around just closing your eyes, hoping it all works out. Paul's saying that's not very good athletic acumen, right? Uh, It would be actually pretty terrible if in a soccer game, football game, baseball game, uh, when you have the capability to see, to close your eyes and hope you just hit the ball when you feel like it. Paul is saying, don't do that. It's not wise. Keep your eyes open. Look where you're going. Don't run around aimlessly. Think about it as as you as a Christian. If Jesus has overcome the world and he's calling us to himself assuredly through his grace, what would it look like to keep your eyes on the prize, right? And the prize is Christ, that if we are running towards him, how do we, again, bend all of our life, form all of our life towards that goal, which is Christ resurrected, glory unending. And Paul ends the section in chapter 9 by saying he disciplines his body, that he uh, and keeps it under control, lest After preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And again, it's important to note here that this is not a comment on the security of the believer. This, I believe, also has to do more with witness. It has more to do with integrity, Um, meaning that Paul's thrust in 8, 9, and 10, rather, chapters 8, 9, and 10 of 1 Corinthians, is how do we relate to people in our church? How do we relate to people in our culture uh, when they believe or have differing convictions? So again, may we not, when Paul says, lest I be disqualified, it I, I do believe he's speaking to the idea of, again, flip-flopping. Or I thought, again, someone would say to us, I thought you said you don't do that. Um, and again, that does not disqualify us from the faith. Our faith is in Christ alone, secured by Christ alone, by grace alone. But there is a measure of integrity that we ought to strive to walk with, that our inner confession would match our outer actions. We see this as, um, again, a, a way of faithful expression in our our faith in Christ, is that our outer actions match our inner confession. And we do so by saying, okay, well, what am, I, what am I propelled to take part in that might be against the will of God, and how do I discipline myself in order not to just give myself wholly to them without any effort of resistance, right? We are not just robots that are pre-wired to do things uh, in, in contradiction to God's will, Um, God has given us, again, the faculty of faith uh, in order to exercise and become human and, and respond in meaningful ways to God's grace and providence and care. So you see, Paul says, discipline our bodies. Keep it under control so we can walk with integrity. We can walk without shame, that we could approach our neighbors and the people that we love to say, I am who I say I am. I'm not disqualified. Lord, give us the courage to walk with that amount of integrity, that we wouldn't disqualify ourselves by not doing what we say, or, as the old adage will go, not practicing what we preach. Now, we will preach grace, because I seem to disqualify myself if I look hard enough. It's really discouraging. I disqualify myself often in my thoughts my words and my actions is are not perfectly aligned to the will of god god have mercy and you know what the brilliant news of the gospel of jesus is he does have mercy he does have grace that if you think you've disqualified yourself and taken yourself out of the race christ jesus has finished it for you he is your righteousness he is the one who already finished and he has given us his peace he has overcome the world. So don't feel discouraged. Don't Don't feel you've been taken out by a decision. Repent and believe in the gospel. Make it right and continue to run this race. Fight the good fight of faith, knowing that the love of Christ will meet your needs moment by moment. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, a ministry of Grace Christian Fellowship in Largo, Florida. You can visit our website and find out more about our church at gracechristian.com. As well, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube.